0: Welcome to the Domination Sports Station Podcast. I'm Dom. And I'm Chris. And we're back with another episode.
1: Great to be back. We want to thank everyone for listening to our return episode last week. uh, Shout out to a number of people, including Jake, uh, Mr. Brown Dom. Uh, Anyone else give you good feedback in the last week? Yes, my grandparents did, so shout out to them as well. Indeed. So, uh, once again, thanks for listening. And Dom, to kick it off, what else to talk about but the NFL?
0: I know. It was a crazy super wild card weekend. We got a whole weekend of football. We had two Saturday games, three Sunday games, and a Monday game to add on to it. But surprisingly, there was only one entertaining game that really shined out through the rest of the games.
1: Yeah, which was unfortunate. Uh, You know, a lot of people seem to be excited with the expanded playoff that started last year. And then this year was the first year we had the Monday night game, like you said. And we also got the Manning cast out of it, which was a plus. But uh, Dud Games, I think the seven seed now in the two years since the NFL instituted it, uh, is what, 0-4 and hasn't really put up much of a fight.
0: Yeah, it seems like a moneymaker seed and nothing else.
1: Scratch seems it is, dumb, But regardless, the uh, Bengals Raiders game was not without controversy With the refs blowing a whistle In the middle of a Joe Burrow Touchdown pass and the Raiders defensive back Gave up and then came down to the End of the game and uh, Raiders couldn't convert to tie The game, so there was some interest there But other than that uh, The only game worth watching Was 49ers-Cowboys, dumb.
0: Yeah, they put in the afternoon On Sunday and a lot of eyes were on this game, and the 49ers started out fast. They got a 13 nothing, and the Cowboys, as usual, were disappointing in the playoffs, so that's not a surprise, and all their fans were disappointed as they lost, even though they made a comeback at the end, and we had the controversial spike, which they couldn't get off the Cowboys to have an attempt at a touchdown at the end, so there's a lot happening.
1: I would argue there's no controversy. It was uh, kind of stirred by Dak Prescott in his post-game conference, but he didn't know enough to flip the ball to an umpire or ref to get the ball set so he could spike it and that ate up too much time and what about the questionable play call the sneak and not enough time on the clock and look i know a lot of packers fans and they always when, when mike mccarthy was their coach one of the knocks on him was always clock management and it reared its ugly head again
0: Yeah, no, most likely the Cowboys will end up firing Mike McCarthy. You know, Jerry Jones, he likes to do too much.
1: Yeah, I think the old Jerry Jones probably would have fired him, but we're now, what, like four days out and nothing yet, and Kellen Moore is able to go interview for some of these vacancies at head head coaching jobs with other NFL teams. So I'm wondering if uh, maybe the storm's passed and he's giving McCarthy one mulligan.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting situation. I know Jerry Jones really seemed disappointed after the game. But, you know, Dad, I I was really happy that the Cowboys lost. It's great to see all their struggles every year. And though us Giants fans have to go through pain, and we haven't really made the playoffs at all in the past five years, it's great to see a team with false hope.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of been the, the story of the Cowboys since they last won the Super Bowl under Barry Switzer. You go back from... 1996 on a lot of early exits or not living up to their potential. I mean, one year in Parcels, the coach before you were born, Tony Romo drops the snap on an attempted field goal and they lose to Seattle. So, uh, this has been a long drought for them. But then again, yeah, I think most of America agrees with you. They're not too sad about this.
0: Yeah, there's always some sort of hope for the Cowboys, and everyone says it's their year, but it's just fun to watch every, their debacle every year.
1: It is, and uh, nice win by the 49ers. I know a lot of people think they have momentum, but unfortunately we're going to have to go into frigid Green Bay this Saturday night. Jimmy Garoppolo is banged up. Uh, looking forward, Dom, um, what do you think of these four games, starting with 49ers-Packers?
0: I think they're all very interesting and intriguing, and I don't think any of them will be blowouts like we saw this past weekend. I think they'll all be close in. Honestly, I know a lot of people are writing the Packers. They have the weather advantage and Aaron Rodgers, who is the sole MVP candidate. But I think the 49ers can keep it close. The Packers haven't played a playoff game yet. You don't really know Aaron Rodgers' health with his toe and everything. So the Packers usually are disappointments in the playoffs as well. So don't overlook that.
1: Yeah, they've got the bye. But I think the question marks are their defense, which was spotty during the year. And then two, uh, the Packers coming off a by historically, uh, not that long ago, 10 years ago, the Packers are 15-1, and one. the Giants went in there with Eli on their way to their second Super Bowl under his tenure, and they beat them up pretty good in Green Bay, so I think anything can happen. The, the 49ers got a lot of injuries on defense, and I think if they're not healthy, that could tip the scales towards the Packers, but I'm with you, we'll see, I just want good games.
0: Yeah, I do, and I think another game that jumps out a lot is the Bills and Chiefs. It seems like a revenge game for the Bills after last year in the AFC Championship game, so uh, I, I am very worried for the Chiefs. I think this game will be very high-scoring, close, and judging from the Bills' performance last weekend against the Patriots, they, they seem hungry.
1: They do, and they beat up on the Chiefs earlier this year. I believe it was a Sunday night game, right?
0: Yes, it was.
1: And, uh, look, Josh Allen's really coming to his own. That's not a newsflash, but he looks like a man on a mission here down the stretch. Ever since they lost that game, uh, the frigid wing game in Buffalo to the Patriots, they've now beaten them twice, and the team seems to be on a roll.
0: Yeah, they sure are, and I saw a picture of Stefan Diggs last year staring at the Chiefs when they were celebrating, so don't be surprised if he has an incredible game. And knowing the Chiefs' secondary, they – Can't handle big superstar wide receivers. Look at Jamar Chase's performance that he had on them a couple weeks ago.
1: Good call. I I think you hit the nail on the head at the end of the day. The difference is going to be the Chiefs' defense. Which one shows up? The one that got lit up at times this year? The one that, that shut down the Cowboys, for instance, and played well throughout November and parts of December. So if they can get some stops on Allen, we all know the Chiefs are have a high-octane offense, so uh, I think it'll come down to who can get the stops late.
0: Yeah, this seems like sort of a hot take, but I think the winner of this game is most likely going to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Bengals or Titans have a chance at beating either of these teams if they get past each other.
1: I agree. Uh, It's the AFC Championship as far as I'm concerned. And also, even if Tennessee wins this weekend, I really don't see them having much of a home field advantage. So either of these teams could win on the road hypothetically in Tennessee, if that's the case. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, the AFC, for sure. On the NFC side, Dom, uh, the... Other game, first one Sunday, rematch of a game earlier this year Rams and Bucks, this time in Tampa. I know the Rams really lit up the Cardinals and were impressive on Monday night. What are your thoughts on this game?
0: Well, you can never count out Tom Brady. I counted him out last year and look what him and the Bucks did on their playoff runs. Obviously, the Bucks have a lot of injuries on defense and offense, but. Who knows? It's still Tom Brady. He can make plays. And he can do whatever he wants. And it is in Tampa. So it's going to be a hard-fought game for the Rams. And they definitely have a good shot at this one. But Matthew Stafford just needs to perform how he did on Monday.
1: Indeed. You know, he's had that playoff drought and a lot of criticism. But he looked like he didn't miss a beat. And uh, our old friend OBJ had a nice game, even throwing a, a nice pass downfield. So I'm thinking maybe he emerges as a weapon. The, the Rams like I said, beat the Bucks early this season. I think it was week three last year on a Monday night, went in there in Tampa, and this is when Jared Goff was a quarterback and beat them. So I don't want to say they have their number, but they're not to be taken lightly.
0: Yeah, Sean McVay always has something planned, and like you said, they do play well against Tampa, so this is definitely going to be another great game.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, Aaron Donald with the pass rush, Von Miller looks like he's been revitalized here down the stretch, but now the key is the Buccaneers have a lot of injuries, especially a wide receiver. Jalen Ramsey, one of the, if not the best cornerback in the league, uh, probably going to shut play shutdown on Mike Evans, and I, I think that could be the difference in the game too.
0: Yeah, and the Rams have a great run defense, and the Bucks. I don't know if they'll be without Leonard Fournette this week and Ronald Jones, so that could be a big factor as well. But for the Bucks, if they really wanted to repeat this year, they definitely needed Chris Godwin and... A lot of their linebackers, like Devin White and Levante David, they couldn't stay healthy. So it kind of seems like a hangover year for the Bucks, even though they are in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, like we say, it's not always the best team that wins, but the healthiest or the one peaking at the right time. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised if the Rams pull the upset here. Uh, definitely, I think Sunday's the the, the game, well, two quality games. That's the day to watch your football. Uh, they'll kick off Saturday, the early game, like we had mentioned the, the revitalized Cincinnati Bengals first playoff win since 1991 traveling to Tennessee to take on the one seed Titans. And uh looks like Derrick Henry will be back from injury.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are raving about Derrick Henry, but we still don't know his health again. He did break his toe a couple months ago, so we don't know if he's going to be the same or not. But like you said, the Bengals, I they have kind of an underdog shot here. If they can go into Tennessee and win this game, they, all right, well, they'll probably be in. They'll be in the AFC Championship game, so that'll be a very interesting story. And Joe Burrow isn't playing incredible.
1: Yeah, they could be the Cinderella team, and, and honestly, Dom, I would not be shocked if Cincinnati upset them. You know, we've seen one seeds fall in the division round in the past, and if Henry's not a hundred percent, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to beat a team by himself. So I, I do think it'll be an evenly matched game, hard to call. Although my Hart will be pulling for the underdog Bengals. I, I do like Joe Burrow. I think it's a nice story, but we'll see. Yeah,
0: you're, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. I like the Bengals. Jamar Chase, hopefully he can put on a performance. But also with the Titans, they've been very streaky this year, especially without Derrick Henry. Of course, he's going to be playing, but they don't have a lot of other weapons on offense. Of course, they have A.J. Brown, but Julio Jones has really been a disappointment this year. So when Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback, you can. it's always going to be a close game.
1: Yeah, disappointment's an understatement. There are times this year I completely forgot he got traded to the Titans.
0: Yeah, and there's always hype, and he did, did not live up to that.
1: Definitely. Dom, moving on to some off-the-field topics. The coaching carousel has begun. slew of interviews this week throughout the league. Uh, no hires yet. I think maybe these teams are working on kind of a silent mandate to hold off because there are a number of assistants that are still in the playoffs, or you know, maybe teams are really taking their time doing their due diligence this year. Anything stick out to you at some of these interviews? Well, there's Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are getting interviewed a lot
0: by a lot of these teams, and it'd be crazy to see if both of them left the Cowboys and what holes it'd have to fill in there, but I'm not really impressed with Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore. People must have forgotten about the 28-3 to 3 Super Bowl game for Dan Quinn. And then Kellen Moore's play calling has been very questionable. And if you want him to manage the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be very questionable as well. So I'm not very impressed with these Cowboys head coaching candidates.
1: I agree. I mean, Quinn will always, in my mind, like you said, be a part of that 28-3 to 3 choke job in the Super Bowl. And then on top of that, I mean, he had a team with a lot of talent. I felt like they underachieved in Atlanta over a number of years. The, uh, Kellen Moore, you know, Dom, the fact that McCarthy's still around makes me wonder if Jones doesn't even think he's head coach material just yet. He's young, played for the Cowboys. Maybe he needs a few more years, but the the other thing that sticks out to me is Brian Flores getting a number of interviews. So I don't think teams are holding against him. His alleged, uh, hard ways or rough edges when it comes to his coaching staff and specifically Tua down in Miami. It looks like no one's holding that against him. And then too, I feel like Eric enemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, always gets interviews every year, but he's he's almost punished for the success of the Chiefs. Let's face it, they're at least in the AFC championship every year for the past few years and he really can't take a job. So if you ask me, I think the NFL should change their rules. You can do interviews, but no hiring announced until after the Super Bowl because you look at the coordinators from the two teams that make the Super Bowl can't really take a job until now, mid February.
0: Yeah, you're really right about that. And two other coordinators are getting looked at a lot are the Buccaneers coordinators, their offensive coordinator, and then their defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles. So, like you said, if they could change that role, then you could get a lot more head coaching vacancies filled in
1: yeah and then two with the Rooney rule you need to interview minority candidates we're back down to what just one minority head coach Mike Tomlin a longtime coach of the Steelers uh I'm kind of hoping some of these candidates get an opportunity uh Byron Lefwich the old Jaguars quarterback who's Bruce Arians offensive coordinator Bowles like you mentioned who used to be the Jets head coach so uh we'll see not a not a heck of a lot of buzz for Jim Harbaugh coming out to the coming back to the NFL after that first round of rumors. Do you think he really will make the leap?
0: I really don't think so. I think he's just fine at Michigan, and I bet they'll extend him a lot more, especially after that college football playoff run that they made. So I don't see him getting in the NFL at all, especially seeing what happened to Urban Meyer. I don't see that happening anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I think he's pretty much got it made at Michigan and you know you, you beat Ohio State all is forgiven this time last year the guy was taking a pay cut funny how that works. And then two dominant interesting one the Raiders, you know Rich Bisacci in an interim role really had a difficult task this year rallied that team got the Raiders into the playoffs but general manager Mike Mayock was fired by owner Mark Davis and it's you know, Basaccia is kind of seen as a mayo guy so now the thinking is they might not bring him back and promote him from that interim tag what do you think there
0: yeah I like Basaccia like you say he did a great job with the whole Gruden and all the adversity at the Raiders face this year uh, he really brought that team together so I feel like he's a perfect coach of the Raiders he's nice and quiet and he- He does the job well, and I saw after the Bengals game, he was writing personalized notes to all the players, so I feel like that was cool.
1: Classy guy. Uh, Been in the league a long time. Excellent special teams coach. I saw that story, too. Very cool. Uh, Hope he gets the job. If not, I hope he lands on his his feet in a nice role with another team. Dom, uh, enough NFL talk. Uh, I know that's all we can think about around here during the January post-holiday doldrums, but uh moving on to the nba and college basketball what are your thoughts of the last week in those sports
0: well the nba has been interesting to say the least the warriors and Suns have been battling for the western conference and then the the east has just been wide open all year with teams like the bulls the heat and the bucks making runs of the top seed so it's another wide open year in basketball and. As usual, LeBron's super team is not doing well. Russell Westbrook seems to be a mistake, so that's always great to see.
1: You and I knew that the day that trade happened over the summer, Dumb, Not a surprise. Uh, I think any day now, if it hasn't happened now, the proverbial vultures will be circling around Frank Vogel's head, and he'll be the fall guy at some point for all this. But uh, last I checked, he didn't assemble this Lakers team.
0: Yeah, LeBron's the general manager, it seems to be.
1: Player, coach, GM. Three three
0: titles in one, right? <laughs> yeah, and they still haven't won anything besides that bubble NBA Finals, which I don't really count as a ring.
1: Yeah, a lot of people like talking about that, especially on social media. is kind of an asterisk season, but uh, what do you think of Klay Thompson's return after two major injuries back to the Warriors?
0: He seems like his old self and it's great seeing him with Steph. The splash heroes are reunited again and the Warriors kinda of, have kinda of been on a dip ever since he came back, so that's a little weird, but I think the, the Warriors will pick it back up again and hopefully Clay will continue to play well and the Warriors can move on forward to the playoffs with that production.
1: Yeah, in an odd way it's almost like the Warriors got used to life without Clay and adjusted their offense accordingly. I think on top of that Steph's kinda of gone into a a shooting slump after breaking the three point record almost reminds me of these guys in the MLB home run derby who crank out 30, 40 home runs and then can't find their swing in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah. Steph has been off. You've been right about that. And I think that's
1: another reason why
0: they've been losing a lot. So Steph needs to find a stroke, but a lot of these players, they, they have their off days and their off weeks. So I think Steph has just been off, but he'll be back to his normal self.
1: It happens. Uh, Dom, do you think Ben Simmons will ever get traded either before the deadline or at, at any point? I mean, it's kind of gone radio silence out of Philly.
0: Yeah, the Sixers
1: have been quiet about
0: that. I don't think a deal is done unless the Sixers demand a little less. I saw they're demanding lottery picks and players, and I mean, the only team that really sticks out to me is maybe the Blazers try to make a deal. I know Damian Lillard's injured, and he doesn't seem happy at all, and the Blazers... Have been terrible this year, so that's the only team that really sticks out to me about that trade.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. A new coach in Portland, and the team's really been struggling. I wouldn't be su- entirely surprised to see that happen. You know, maybe Portland takes a chance on him and thinks they can turn their career around. And he's younger than Lillard, so it could be an interesting destination.
0: Yeah, it would be. In the six would be way better with Lillard, and then pairing him with Joel Embiid, that could be
1: unstoppable. It could. Uh, definitely something to keep your eye on. So moving over to the college side of the hardwood, Dom, I can't keep track of who's ranked where in college. It seems like whoever gets to number one immediately gets knocked off again. Uh, UCLA got back up as high as three, lost again to Oregon last week. What do you make of the shuffling at the, the top of the heap in the NCAA?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's a weird college basketball season when Auburn is the number one team. But like you said, there's been a lot of teams up there. Purdue and Baylor was up there most recently. They lost twice to two unranked teams. So it's another wide open season in college basketball. I know Gonzaga, Duke and Kentucky had their normal preseason hype, but they really haven't been that good this year. And UCLA, I feel like their whole COVID situation really messed them up. They seem like they're going to start off a run, especially after losing to Gonzaga, but they haven't had a lot of time to play. So I, I think they play at eight o'clock. So we'll get to see how they do.
1: It definitely looked like they've got some rust on them and a number of teams out here on the West coast, including San Diego state have had to hit pause on their season. But uh, in a way it's, it's almost kind of like a bye week you know, in college, you just got to get into the tournament to make a run. UCLA was an extremely high seed last year. they, made it to the final four, should have made it to the finals, but that's another story. So uh, maybe maybe some of these teams can get some rest, recoup from some injuries. So uh, I think now hopefully things pass COVID-wide as we head into, COVID-wise, excuse me, as we head into February, maybe teams will start to, to get some momentum going again.
0: Yeah, I hope they do. And like you said about the tournament, we saw a lot of upsets last season during the tournament and a lot of like, 15 and 14 seeds getting upsets so that'll be interesting to see if those see those higher seeds can get those upsets
1: yeah we never used to see that before and it's it's kind of a good thing you know, i felt like the ball got rolling a few years back with umbc as a 16 upsetting virginia that had never happened before so i feel like anything goes come march
0: yeah you're right about that and that's what makes march so interesting
1: indeed looking forward to it this spring uh, finally dom uh want to move back to football briefly but from a media perspective um i know troy aikman had a uh, funny tongue-in-cheek comment about how he wishes he could call the 49ers cowboys game cbs got at the backstory there as they paid i think it was something like an additional 70 million dollars get the best game last weekend which that was a uh, head scratcher in and of itself but uh, a lot of negative feedback coming on Drew Brees he did his first NFL playoff game paired with Mike Tirico the Bengals Raiders game uh, you watched more of that game than I did and listen to Brees do you think the criticisms warranted what did you think of his performance
0: I think the criticism was deserved he just didn't really know what he was talking about and Hurts to say this, but Chris Collinsworth is better than him, and I know that's a that's a. See, yeah, yeah, that's a, so it's a, it's a stretch, but Breeze just was terrible. He kept stating the obvious, kind of like Booger McFarland, who used to be at ESPN Monday Night Football. So, I, I just don't think Breeze really flows well with Torico, and I don't think he would flow well with Al Michaels if he stays at NBC. So, I just don't see the pairing.
1: Rumors are this could be Al's last run and go out on top after calling a Super Bowl in his hometown of LA coming up at SoFi Stadium in February. So the likely pairing would be Breeze and Tarico, but we shall see. I you know, it's it's rough. Everyone loves to jump over everyone after one game or one performance, but you look at how Romo Tony Romo came out of the gate. So positively and aggressively, I think they think every X player X quarterback is going to be like that. And that's not the case.
0: Yeah, a lot of players take the game differently. And Romo has a lot of good insight, kind of like a mini John Madden where he explains everything. And I would have never known about what happened with Prescott at the end of the game if Romo didn't explain it detailed. And it really it really helps a lot to know that you, you need to give the ball to the ref before uh, like a play like that when the clock is running in the fourth quarter.
1: Definitely. I mean, uh, I know everyone loves Romo and his ability to predict plays. I think he's a little over the top with the yelling and everything, but at least he's got some enthusiasm. Uh, Not my favorite color commentator, but you know, Breeze has got to show a a little more life or at least give some insight. I mean um, I think Troy Aikman's really improved over the years, especially because he's not afraid to be outspoken. He was a little more timid I think early in his career, but watching that awful Bucks-Eagles game. He, he was not afraid to unload on both teams.
0: Yeah, he seemed very mad, especially being mad about not calling the Cowboys game, which usually Fox gets those Cowboys national televised games. So he, he seemed a little moody on Sunday, and I don't blame him because who wants to call the Eagles and
1: Buccaneers? Yeah, and on top of that, he probably could have driven a game. I know he lives in the Dallas area, so that definitely helps.
0: Yeah, it sure does.
1: So Dom, again, great to be back. I want to thank all our loyal fans. Uh, you can find us subscribe, download rate on Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, the great anchor, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate it. Another shout out to, uh, our friend, Mike up in the Bay area, another loyal listener. I hope he enjoyed our, uh, Raiders and warriors talk. But, uh, again, we appreciate all the kind words just being back one week. And, uh, feel free to reach out to us uh, on Twitter at crystal sports, Instagram at domination sports nation.
0: Yeah. And I have one final thing to talk about. Don't, don't count out any of these road teams this weekend for the divisional playoffs, the Bengals, the 49ers, the Rams and the bills, all of a great shot and expect the unexpected. It's wide open this year in the playoffs. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch all these games unfold.
1: Yeah, and you know, Dom, it dawned upon me today. This is the last great weekend of NFL football that we will have for the uh, 21 season. We've got two games Saturday, two games Sunday. After that, following week, conference championships will just be two games Sunday, and uh, then we're we're looking into the off season. Uh, while I'm sad by that, thankfully, the NFL under Roger Goodell, to his credit, one thing he's done right is basically made it. I don't know about a 10 or 11 month. Uh, sport, especially with the news cycle in the off season.
0: Yeah, you definitely get that off season depression and you and I have been really weirded out by not having Thursday night football. It's been weird to see, especially you and I were thinking about it today. We were just talking about it.
1: Yeah, and they're they're not always the greatest games. It's nice to have the ability to watch something. I mean, I'm really I don't get into basketball until the spring rolls around especially with March Madness and the NBA playoffs gearing up. um, Just can't get into it this early. And baseball's on a lockout, which is a whole other story we could do a podcast on. So this is it. And people wonder why football's king. Yeah, it sure is. Indeed. So, Dom, before we split for the week, any final parting shots?
0: I got nothing else. I'll be rooting for the Rams and Chiefs this weekend. I wish them the best of luck and hopefully they can win.
1: Agreed, especially the Rams. Uh, you know, I think a lot of football fans would rather see someone other than Tom Brady win a Super Bowl and, you know, Matthew Stafford too struggling for so many years. I think there are a lot of people in his corner, so definitely agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely rooting against Tom Brady winning anything absolutely well Dom thanks again great being with you as always yes thank you and thank you for listening to the Domination Sports Nation podcast